0: what and why, and I'd like to turn to uh, Mark chapter 14 verses 32-36 is where we'll start with who, Jesus Christ is who, by his name every tongue will confess one day who is preeminent and who is supreme, Jesus Christ is the supreme sacrifice for us. Mark chapter 14 verses 32 I'll start with Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word this morning. We ask your blessing upon it. And we ask that you work in our lives and be what we should be for thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 14:32 <clears throat> Take you to the garden of Gethsemane. I hope to see that by the end of the year and lay my eyes on the very place where Christ stood. And look out over what he's seen. I look out now when I look out on the bay on things Christ sees right now. So uh, he made this wonderful world and responsible for it. And I look forward to one day being with him. Verse 32, and they came to a place which was named Gelgotha, or Gethsemane. And he said unto his disciples, sit ye here while I sh- sh- shall pray. And he ta- talked with him, Peter took with him Peter, James, John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. First point is nobody wants to die. Not even Jesus. Jesus didn't want to die. Right here, he asked for his Father's will to be done and not his. And so, Jesus submitted himself to the word. He submitted himself to the word. He wasn't just; a, he was a perfect example to us, and he died on the cross for our sins, not not out of uh, necessarily two reasons why he died. We'll look at both of them in a minute. The first one would be that he submitted himself to God's will, not his. He says in Scripture, "Well, I'll, I'm going to get ahead of myself in John one one." It talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus Christ himself, committed himself to the God's Word, committed himself to his Word. was a contractual agreement he made with the Bible with God's word, and submitted himself to God's word. Oh, if we could just do that as individuals to this day. We struggle with that within ourselves, submitting ourselves to God's word. Jesus Christ submitted himself to his his word. What? What did he submit to? The crucifixion, John chapter 18. Go over into my favorite book, John chapter 18. John chapter 18. So the first thing. Nobody wants to die. Number 18, John chapter 18, 38 is where we'll pick it up. I want you to notice three things here right away when we read. Pilate said unto them, What is truth? And when they had said this, he went out again into the unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find no fault at all. Talking about Jesus Christ. You're going to see that four times his very judge found no fault with him. "But But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault. What, a, what What? Here's the, here's the top dog in that kingdom well Caesar is the only one he had to answer to and he's finding no fault with him but yet the crowd's making him crucify Christ. he's finding no fault with him then named Je- then came Jesus forth wearing a crown of thorns that and the purple robe and Pilate, sa- Pilate saith unto them behold the man. And when the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. What an oxymoron. I find no fault in him, but go ahead and kill him. Nobody wants to die. Nobody could accuse him, but yet he died. And he went again, and you'll see over in about verse 12 from uh, Jesus saith unto them, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater power. Who delivered Jesus Christ unto the, unto the uh, Pilate? His heavenly Father did. He gave him for us. And from henceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you're dead too. So many words or less. Four times Pilate went to his very judge, went to his defense. (sighs) The crucifixion takes place in 1916. uh, Then delivered he, therefore, unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. Most of you are familiar with it. It is an Easter. We're not going to dwell on that particular Part of scripture what I want to show you is that Jesus Christ didn't want to give himself up he really didn't want to die but he decided that it was he was going to be bound to two things he was bound by his love for you and he was bound by his love for God's word he was obedient to God's word and he loved you Yous an, he loved each one of us And he was obedient to God's word. Something we struggle with. I I don't particularly like people. I don't particularly, I'm not that fond of individuals. They kind of found that out in Sunday school class. That was a little abrupt. But the Lord makes makes us what he wants us to be as we yield to his word. You won't get anywhere in life until you yield to God's word. In part, You'll yield to him to be saved, to know you're going to heaven. The rest of your life, you'll have opportunity to yield even more to his word. As he molds and shapes us and directs us, the rest of our eternity, we'll spend with him. Some of us will get there and we'll be awful bored because we won't have yielded much to him here on this earth while we had opportunity I'm convinced they're going to have Sunday school in heaven. I'm convinced we're going to hear lots of preaching in heaven because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And we're going to subject ourselves to that so that we can be better. We'll receive new bodies. We'll have a new spirit. We'll be wonderfully made in heaven, remade. And we'll have eternity to spend with God. And God will be patient with us and work with us. So the crucifixion accomplished that. Jesus loved you, and, gave, and God loved you. In fact, if you look up the word gave in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I like what you find in John chapter 19, verse 30. You should probably be over, open to that yet. In verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. The last words he said. And what did he do? And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He was so obedient to God's word that he gave himself in love and obedience for each one of us. How much do you give God each week? How much obedience do you heed to him? How much do you give of yourself to him? Oh, it's a wonderful thing to have a ticket called the fire escape from hell. But to act upon that ticket, to be obedient to what God asks you to do every day of your life. He asked me to do something every day. I don't like to do all the things he asks me to do. I'm, but I'm prepared sometimes. I don't want to face the consequences. And Not my will, but thine be done. Do you ever catch yourself saying those same words? Do you ever come to that position where, hey, Lord, I really don't want to get to church on Sunday morning. The fish are biting. The stars are bright. I'm on my way. We're having a great... I don't really want to submit to your word. I really don't want to give you much of my life today to the man that gave his entire being to one of us. We all struggle with those positions. We all struggle with those possibilities. We all struggle with those responsibilities. If you don't give it to God, there's one person, one deity that's standing in the way. And I use the term deity lightly, but there's somebody else who you'll give it to. He's constantly fighting with God. He's constantly striving against God. He's constantly trying to get your attention. He's constantly trying to get your allegiance. He's constantly trying to divert your responsibilities. He's constantly trying to distort the Word of God. He's constantly telling. He's called the great accuser. He's called the great liar. He's called the great perpetuator of evil. It's the devil. And you're going to give yourself to whoever you yield to tomorrow, this afternoon, tonight, later. Are you going to yield yourself to God's word? Are you going to give yourself to God, either in love or obedience? Either one will benefit you greatly. God loves you, and he was obedient unto death for each one of us. We're created in his image and in his likeness. He has emotions just like we do. He has responsibilities just like we do. He has two eyes just like we have. He looks at things and sees things, and we're as gods knowing good and evil. That's the accuser that let us in on that little object. And when we stand there and make a decision, do we base it on God's word or do we base it on our feelings? Your feelings will trick you. You won't know if you're male or female by your feelings. That's just a fact. If you get far enough from God, you won't realize it. You have to base your life, your compass, your understanding, your abilities, your dedications, your morality on something other than your feelings. You have to base it on God's word. You have to yield to God's word. Each one of us struggle with that yield. And Jesus understands that struggle, and he's there to help us with that struggle. The Holy Spirit's part of that plan. God the Father is all part of that plan. And as we yield to God's word, we'll learn true love. We'll learn true love, and we'll be able to practice true love. We won't come to true love without coming to the understanding on yielding ourselves at least to God's word to the point where we've accepted his work on the cross for each one of us in our lives, that we might be better off for it. Who does it benefit to accept Christ as your personal Savior? I, never, I heard the thing one time, you have so much to gain and nothing to lose. What are you going to lose by accepting Christ as your personal Savior? Oh, maybe your Friday nights will be a little boring. Maybe your Sunday mornings won't be so long. Accept Christ. Come to terms with your maker. Yield to God's word, at least to salvation. Then, as we struggle through Sunday school class, there's all kinds of procedure steps you can take. Nothing but for your own benefit. As you yield to God's word, you'll avoid possibilities of, what do they call it? The diseases, SDs, sexually transmitted diseases. What all... You're, you're going you're to benefit a whole lot more in your life as you yield to God's word. You don't have to worry about getting a drunk driving ticket as you yield to God's word. You don't have to worry about rolling over in your own vomit as you yield to God's word. You won't have to worry about a divorce near as much if you yield to God's word. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but if you yield to God's word, it's going to go a whole lot better for you. I don't know what you're struggling with, where you're at in your (laughs) steps of maturity in Christ. But I'm here to encourage you today to continue to step forward. Because I know Christ struggled with it. Jesus struggled with it. Not my will, but thine be done. I know I've struggled with it. I know each one of us in these pews struggle with being conformed totally to what God's will is in our lives. It's just simple fact. It's part of nature. It's part of our metabolism, how we're made. God made us with that choice to step forward on our own concognitive skills. So, whatever God's speaking about in your life, I implore you to take those steps of an action. Whatever he's asking you to do, if it's in accordance with his word, I implore you to take those steps of action whether it's joining a church, whether it's getting baptized, whether it's committing yourself to uh, different circumstances in your relationship with your spouse, whether it's just plain yielding to God about something going on in your life today. God's there to help you. He's been there. Jesus has been in your shoes. I don't like to ask, what would Jesus do? Because I'm not as strong as Jesus Christ. I I like to ask just, what does Jesus want me to do? That's dangerous enough. That's dangerous enough. Find out what God wants you to do with your life and start taking those steps. He's patient. He loves you. He'll work with you. He'll help you. He'll help you overcome any of your problems, any of your possibilities. I could go down a litany of people I've helped or seen God help because they yielded themselves finally to him. No age, no limit. As you yield to God, he will bless you for it. That's the message this morning. Let's all stand.